Hello and welcome to Release Day, the podcast series that dives into the stories and strategies of how Canada's music community are releasing their art to the world. I'm your host, Alex Hewart. This week, I am joined by Jacob Safatinos of the band Good Kid, whose latest EP, Good Kid 2, was released on November 6th, 2020. This band is one of my favorite musical discoveries of 2020, with a sound reminiscent of The Strokes, Tokyo Police Club with a little fallout boy, or Panic at the Disco in the vocals for good measure. What I love about the band is the visual and creative identity that they have developed for themselves based on their passions and interests that lie outside of the music world, from video games to anime. We talk about the character the band has created called Nomu, who is embedded in all of their album art, kind of like Eddie from Iron Maiden, generating what they call Fan Art Friday. We also get into the creation of the band's very own 8-bit side-scrolling video game called Good Kid Ghost King's Revenge, as well as the accompanying 8-bit soundtrack of their music that they themselves created. Lastly, we talk about how they got their song Witches added to the ever-so-popular video game Fortnite. But first, we acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Land acknowledgements mark a small and important step in the process of reconciliation and building a positive relationship with our country's Indigenous peoples. Release Day is a proud supporter of the Decolonial Clothing Company. Decolonial Clothing Company is a Nehiau Anishinaabe family from Treaty 6 and Treaty 4 territories. Their business is based in Squamish, Sewatooth, and Musqueam territory. They wanted to create a clothing brand that empowers the current and next generations to proudly represent their indigeneity for individuals wanting to decolonize spaces and to encourage those to support and create Indigenous-owned and operated businesses. Good Kid is a group of five friends with shared interests that have created an incredibly organic visual identity to support their music. It's made it easy for them to determine new and creative ways of sharing their music and merch, and has helped in reaching a wider audience based on artwork alone. They've done an amazing job creating and building the community of fans, many of whom use their music within their Twitch streams and video game playthroughs on YouTube, which has led to well over 10 million streams of their music, and doing so independently with the help of their manager, Crispin Day. Jacob begins our conversation on the topic of the band's friendship. It definitely starts with us being friends first. Like I think most of us were more interested in being friends than being in a band. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. the band c- came together from us, like also wanting to hang out with each other. And and that, that's why we're still a band probably today after, after like five or six years or however long it's been. So when did that, when did that start for you guys? When, when did you guys as friends decide to make, you know, start a band and, and start re- recording this type of music? Cause I, I, I get like the strokes meet Tokyo police club meet hmm. fallout boy with kind of what cool. you guys, you guys put together, which, you know, I know that those kind of, they all probably are influenced by one another in their own way, but that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's the kind of take I get from, from listening to you guys. Yeah. The band started, uh, with Michael and I, actually, we were in German class together at university of Toronto. Uh, we were 
both taking it as like kind of like an elective type thing. Uh, Michael was playing in like a more like prog rock type band. I was playing in another like indie rock band uh, with David actually um, at the time. And both our bands were kind of like fizzling out. Um, I think we just like got to talking about how we like playing music and one day we're like, oh, we should jam. And then we jammed. And then the next day, like the next time, I think, or like a few times after that, Michael was like, oh, I know a great singer that like I jammed with one time and that was Nick. And so like we, we started jamming with Nick. And then after that, it was like, okay, well, let's, we, the three of us were like write some songs. I think we wrote a couple, like Alchemist was written at that time. Uh, and then eventually once we got John in there, we were going to be a four piece, but then Nick tried playing guitar and singing at the same time. And he was so off beat. Uh, once we had John, we realized like how bad Nick was at keeping it. So, <laughs> so that's when, that's when I was like, well, I know a guy who's great. I like great really guitars and me and David go like back to like high school. We, uh, went to the same high school together. And so awesome. we were friends from then. So cool. And again, so, so Jacob, you play guitar and, uh, yeah. David and David plays guitar. Yeah. Nick is the vocalist. John yeah. is drums. Mike, yeah. Michael is bass. Yeah. And, uh, man, I gotta say you yeah you found like i don't know what nick was doing before but if he wasn't singing i don't know what he was doing because he's like so unassumingly incredible on vocals well that's great i mean i'm sure he'd be really flattered to hear that he would definitely sing i think one thing that makes good kid work is this is like for all of us this is like our second third fourth band you know like it's not our this is not the first band we've ever been in we all played in bands in like middle school high school so like i think we all came with like experience and like I think you touched on that, like influences from other bands. Like John used to play in like, I think a metal cover band or something. Uh, John also does like a, did a lot of like jazz as well. And Nick played in like a variety of things. Nick, play, Nick sings everything. So like he'll sing like Celtic music. Uh, lately he's been really into that. Like he does like sea shanties and stuff. Uh, but he also played, I think in like cover bands and indie bands. And so he's always been like writing and singing for his like whole life too. Well, you guys have been doing a really cool you know, we'll get to talking about too about your Patreon page, but your Patreon page, you've been really giving a glimpse into sort of those early makings of the oh band God. and and releasing <laughs> yeah. a lot of these recordings from. I guess was were the are those from when you guys first started jamming? Pretty much, yeah. Like I think I don't know where we found. I think Michael found all those, and he was just <laughs> like, "Yeah, we should send these for Patreon." I didn't. I'm gonna look it up right. I don't even know what we released today. Oh yeah, it's we, called we, Turnpin. I think Turnpin. Oh my god, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah no, that song never never saw the light of day. <laughs> yeah, That's so it, it's it's cool, man. It's it's great just to give give your you know your listeners and your audience a chance to to see some of that. How did you guys get into creating sort of that indie rock sound? I mean, it's. I was telling you, it was very, it's very earnest and very, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a high energy music and, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, where did that influence come for you guys? Is that something you've all wanted to just kind of came out of jamming? I don't know if it was so much of an active choice. Like for me personally, definitely those bands you reference are influences of mine. Like I, one of the bands I played in that I referenced before good kid was like a strokes cover band in high school. Uh, you know, so I was also in like a Blink-182 cover band uh, in high school. Uh, and so like pop punk, indie rock, like for me personally is like t- a ton of my influence. And then I really like J-Rock too, because like, like anime music type style stuff, because I find it has a lot of those influences as well. It's like this like fast paced upbeat, like kind of pop punky uh, indie rock vibes, like really cool, like neat techie guitars, but also like, like more so than you would get in your like traditional pop punk, I guess. And like, yeah, uh, you can hear so, that in your leads. Like you can hear that type, that style in your leads on yeah, on your music. And I really love that stuff. And you reference bands like The Strokes, Tokyo Police Club. Like grew up listening to those bands and like covering them as well. Like in in these bands, so like it naturally, I think will have an influence no matter what and when we play. So for me personally, that's where where that's where that influence comes from. Nick, weirdly enough, like didn't like pop punk. Like Nick, I think 
all that influence you hear on the vocals is just the fact that he he re- like hap- coincidentally sounds exactly like Brendan Urie. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. I don't think like stylistically at least he grew up not singing any of that type of stuff. So like mm. I think he even thought like Panic at the Disco like pop punk was like not cool. <laughs> he was in high school. He likes them now, uh, but at the time he like was not into it at all. Interesting. Uh, so it, I think that one just like kind of happened. Wow. That's it's that's awesome, man. I mean, it's it's awesome how everything just kind of comes together and, and gels. And you know, when you see you guys interact, you, again, like I said, it just feels like a such a good and easy environment to be creating. And not to say that bands don't have their their ups and downs, but I think there's there's got to be a great environment for you guys to be working in. And you know, and moving into creating a really, you know, I know bands generally, you know, don't try and first and foremost think about a brand, but mm-hmm. you guys really have created a brand i hope you don't take offense to that that thought but no. what you guys have done with with good kid and in, in creating i mean a lot of the artwork around it is is beautiful and brilliant but you've actually created a character in mm. uh nomu which is sort of like you know again you're 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 eddie if you will yeah. you know from from iron maiden right yeah uh can you talk to me about how you guys decided on having a character sort of to build around for the band all the art, everything is done by Gabriel Altros. He's like a childhood friend of mine. We grew up together. Um, he played in like bands with my brother. He's an insanely good artist. Amazing. Um, love him and all the credit to like the character and like everything goes goes to him. We gave we gave Gabe like we asked him like when we when we know we, we knew we needed to do some cover art uh, or we wanted like some art for Nomu. We we first thought was like okay we gotta get Gabe to do this. I think we maybe like entertain a couple of our other artists and I just like told bands like guys I know this like insanely good artist like. Like we gotta, we gotta get him to do it. Um, I think he ended up sending us something else. Like initially it was like a heart. It was like a heart that was like kind of falling apart. It still looked beautiful, but it was just like a little bit more intense. I think than what we wanted. And I think, it, I think at that point we, I don't even know if our name, we had named ourselves good kid at that point. Like, I think we had recorded Nomu before we had a band name. And then I think at some point we got good kid was like, okay, this is going to be the band name. Like for sure. Cause we had played around with so many other band names first. Um, and then I think once we told him that, like we told Gabe, like the name is the good kid and like, and he listened to the song. He just, he came up with that character. Like that's all him. That's great. Um, and we just loved it so much. We loved the design, the like intricate colors, all the, like the t-shirt, everything. We, so from there we were just like, yeah, let's keep like, why wouldn't we keep working with Gabe on everything? And so totally. pretty much he's done literally everything, like all of our like artwork, all of our like main artwork that you see um, on like our albums or anything like that, or posters or something like it's usually Gabe. That's great, man. Wow. So obviously there's, there's some of that anime influence. Was that anything that you had to like go into with the rest of the band to kind of get sort of buy-in on? And is that in that style? No, like that's, again, that's just, that's just Gabriel. Like if you look at his profile, he's like a, he's just a really great artist. So he's got like a big range of styles. You know, he does like paintings and like crazy psychedelic stuff, but he also does like very detailed line work, art stuff and like cool stylistic things. Um, I think he just, that was like the instru- we rarely give instruction to Gabriel. We usually just say like, "Hey, Gabe, listen to this song and like draw what you think." Sometimes we have some back and forth, and like you know, maybe if if something maybe misses the mark here or there or whatever, we might we might have some back and forth there. Um, but for the most part, we just like it's a pretty good collaborative process with him where we try to give him as much freedom as possible. And I think that's why he likes to continue to work with us. Is that like as an artist getting commissioned? I don't know if you typically get like so much freedom. But, uh, but it, it really feels more like a partnership and, and like, he's also very much involved in, in that as well. That's awesome, man, because it gives you this opportunity to create and like what you guys do, like awesome merch opportunities as well with mm-hmm. posters and stickers and, 
just opening up that that world and you know a lot of t-shirts and and things like that that you guys have yeah. are just perfect and and now the name the typeface for the name did he do that as well for good kid yeah yeah he did that as well just everything uh, yeah he did most like we we've gotten some artists to do some other things like we did a collab with a manga artist named minori from from japan and she's amazing and she did the like we have this t-shirt with like a manga panel so that was really fun and she also did the uh if you you would only know this if you bought a vinyl but there's like an obi strip and she did that as well so like we we try to collab with like art, other artists as well gabe does like the main stuff and then if there's opportunities here or there to like collab with someone else we might do that as well man that's that's great that's got to be totally just like uh, I don't know. This is going to be reinvigorating for you guys as well, eh? To be able sure. to, to work with more artists than, you know, obviously yeah. just between yourselves. Yeah, I think it's nice to like see other people's interpretations of it. Like we we have fans who do a lot of fan art, and I think you know, again, so much credit to Gabe because like his art clearly inspired people to like emulate it, right? Yeah. Um. So it's really fun, and like fan art Friday is also amazing. But the the range of like quality of it is like very broad. Like you know, sometimes we have like. Some like really young kids making like kind of like almost like cart like crayon <laughs> art, uh, and then sometimes we have like insanely good artists that like just do like a piece that's inspired by like, a good kid and like everything in between, and it's great and we love it. Um, but it's really cool to see like when you hire someone like kind of their interpretation of like the vibe of the band too. Totally. Have you have you noticed that like you guys have gained fans just based solely on the artwork? I have to think so. Like yeah. so, sometimes we get comments on like YouTube being like only clicked on the thumbnail for the art and <laughs> stayed for stayed for the stayed for the music or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so like I I have to imagine that the art is like captivating enough to click on it. You've got the two EPs, Good Kid One and Good Kid Two. Can you take me a little bit behind, you know, some of those albums as you know, open ended and vague as that question might be, but just in in the 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 creation of the music and you know, sort of what the 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 intent and, and message behind you know those two albums is all right i might be the wrong person to ask about the intent and message because <laughs> weirdly enough i don't really listen to lyrics like I oh yeah no, it's I, like van halen man eddie yeah. eddie never listened to david lee roth's lyrics they, oh really he just played totally yeah i think it's because like when i started learning listening i started learning guitar as i started listening to the music and so i think for me like i always hear things in those melodies before i even like pay attention to the poetry there's obviously some songs that i love and i know every word too but it's it's interesting like the first ep came together really over a long period of time like we were all in school and like starting our jobs and so like we didn't have like a ton of time we were also at the time very very a lot more picky in general about like releasing songs so like literally there's an entire version of alchemist that's recorded that we didn't release and then we had oh, to wow. go we literally had to like go re-record it because uh because we weren't like confident enough and we have a few other songs like that so like there's there's songs out there that like will eventually get released that we just like need to iterate on um so good kid one is like kind of like the accumulation of all this stuff and like that's why nomu like we really i think at one point we were only releasing like one song a year right like we released yeah. nomu then atlas then witches uh, then tell me, you know, and then we put out the EP with like Alchemist and Faster on it as well. Yeah. Um, and it took a really long time for us to like get those six songs uh, and be like, these are the first six that we want to put on. So I think like, it's interesting because it creates a body of work, which I think actually ends up working really well together, like these six songs, but they weren't written in the same time frame at all. They were written mm. over like years. I was happy that they like kind of thematically like fit. Yeah. Um, and so the second EP is like, somewhat similar in that like it took a it took some time to like two years to put it out from the last ep and so like a lot of these songs were similarly also written over two year span but a lot shorter of a span than than necessary like than the first one for example 
So like, I would say a lot of the intentionality comes from that less. So like, I don't know if we have like a thematic tie between the EPs, um, only so much maybe in the fact that like some of them might be written around about the same ex-girlfriend of like David's <laughs> or Nick's or something. Yeah. And now does Nick do a lot of like the lyrical writing or is that kind of between him and David or, or is there some, some collaboration on lyrics? It's definitely a collaboration. Nick, cool. Nick does, Nick does most of it all. Like Nick, Nick is the main, main lyricist and, and vocalist for sure. But sometimes like we'll have a theme. Like I know for tell me, you know, that's, that's Nick wrote a lot of lyrics, but it started off uh, with like the David had written the chorus and like some, some of the hooks and like some pieces of it. And he had a theme going into it, which is like, you know, this is about a relationship that has kind of ended and someone ghosting like the other one, but like kind of feeling bad about it, but like want, wanting to be like someone like you want them to be okay. But like, you also maybe don't want to deal deal with it a little bit like it's kind of like at least that's my interpretation of it but i'm pretty sure i remember david coming into the room and be like yeah this is song is about like this breakup i'm going through and this is just like kind of the feeling and and it's great like the girl who he wrote it about is like a like she's like a former long-term girlfriend of his but like friend and like she loves that the song is about her like every time she goes to come to our shows and every time we play it, she's like this song's about me yeah she makes sure people know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's awesome so when that when you, does does nick or david they come to you with melodies or do they come with you how they want the song to go and then you start playing over it no i mean you guys got riffs that you you kind of they, they they sing to every song is different every yeah. song like i'll say that like uh for example like nomu i had written almost like the majority of that song in terms of like guitars and rhythm um, before bringing it to the band. And like, so like on like rhythm guitars, like lead guitars, those were mostly done. And then I brought it to like Nick and Nick and Michael and Dave and I'll, and like John and we like workshop, like all the other bits. Tell me, you know, David, I think had written like the chords and like had a, like I said, that chorus hook. And like, that was the, that was the foundation of it. Um, and so for that one, I think once like David brought that, I like came up with the riff for it and stuff like that. Um, but they all like, they all, piece like someone different might bring like nick for example with witches he brought that one uh and he had like a vocal line and like a guitar like chords rhythms and stuff like that so it really depends on the song and like who brings it what's inspired it and stuff like that that's great man that's great again just great dynamic it sounds like and you know easy for everybody to you know bring something of their own to to the band and you know cohesively everything comes together everything feels like a good kid song like when it comes on you know it's good kid too yeah i think that's where like the massaging of it comes comes along like i mean i didn't even mention like john will sometimes write an entire song in like chip tune like 8-bit style type thing and bring (laughs) it to us and then that's like Aloe Light was written that way. And I think oh, wow. even everything, everything was written in like this like 8-bit thing. And like, that was John bringing that to us, which is cool. It's like, it's just like, everyone's got their own way of communicating things and like bringing songs and and we workshop it. We work on the parts maybe too much. So that's why we don't release songs nearly as quickly as those events. But uh, well, you guys sounds like you guys were doing the uh, the singles only release before it was cool, you know, uh, yeah. well, not not because you wanted to, but because you just, uh, you know, just yeah. monetarily, that's what, that's what worked for you guys. Yeah, that was the main motivator there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me quickly, because we were just talking before that you were telling me about Nomu, the song, and and mm-hmm. you were talking about how you guys were well, you were scrounging money together to make that one happen. Yeah, like, I think when we were recording Nomu, we had like a few other songs that were ready to go. Um, like I was saying, like Alchemist was written similarly timed. And I think we didn't have a lot of money. We were in university and uh, and we had agreed, essentially we like have a big debate. We we're like, okay, we can maybe like get three shitty demos or like three decent sounding demos or something. And for like 1500 bucks or something, 
uh, or I don't remember how much, I think we had like a thousand dollars is what yeah. we were putting towards it. We're like, we have a thousand dollar budget. What can we get? And then we yeah. were like, tried all these things. Um, and it might've been Michael actually, who brought up that, like, he was, I think he had said like, you know what, let's just like pick one, like pick the song we think is, is the best song out of this bunch. And let's just put all our money into that one and put it out and just like have a good time. And at least we have like a really solid recording. That's it. Um, and that's what, that's pretty much what we did. We like hit up, we actually, funny enough, you look, you referenced Tokyo police club earlier, but we, what we did is we looked up all the, like all our favorite Toronto bands and looked up where they recorded their, like the albums and songs that we liked the most. And we saw, we found a guy, John Drew, who had done like a bunch of Tokyo police club stuff. And he was in a recording studio called Taurus. Um, and we, so we emailed him and then funny enough, like our, the guy who ended up becoming our producer, Christmas day, he is the one who emailed us back and the rest of his history. That's kind of how we, I think we, we did it really scrappily. We did it like we had one day in the studio to do everything. And like, wow. he also had time limits because like, you know, we weren't paying him a lot. So, right. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool, man. And, and you mentioned that Crispin being your producer and has he, and he's also your manager. Has he been, has now, he been is, yeah. uh, now he is. So has he been doing like, he's been producing your music, like everything now yeah. since I guess yeah. since uh, good kid one, eh? Yeah, pretty much from the beginning. So you've got good, good kid one and good kid two as your, you know, you good kid EPs. And then, you guys went on to release an 8-bit version of the soundtrack mm -hmm. for this video game you guys created. We'll get into the video game in a second, but this sounds so awesome. It's like I I was saying to you earlier that I put this soundtrack on when I want to get shit done That's because awesome. I just feel like it's just like yeah, I got to, you know, it gives me this this energy to to get going. Mm -hmm. Keith, what was the process of creating these songs in 8-bit you mentioned john brought some 8-bit songs did he have a hand in creating uh helping to create these songs in... well i mean john john did all of it like this whole thing he did, john. Eh? Yeah, yeah john wrote john like wrote i guess like uh he wrote all the like original music for okay sure. and for like and he also like in, i don't know what the word is like interpreted it for yeah. you know for the 8-bit version of all our other songs <laughs> um and like i said some of these songs originally were written 8-bit like aloe light started off as an 8-bit song everything everything first version of that is an 8-bit song so like it's funny like you could almost it's not true because like we made so many changes but you would almost see these as like the true versions of those songs you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah these are the demos these yeah, are the yeah. demos where it all started yeah the reason why this soundtrack exists is because of the video game yes the good kid uh what did we sorry what did you call it it was ghost, King, ghost, ghost king's revenge ghost king's revenge which yeah you friggin programmed so so clearly there's a there's a connection to i don't want to say like being being nerds and video games and cards and and anime and stuff yeah. like that but but that is like you know a great piece to what you guys do and being able to think like let's create a video game because it just goes with along with our aesthetic of, yeah. of the band was that kind of taken into consideration as well or was it like let's just create a game like one thing I love about Good Kid is it gives us like an excuse to be creative. Uh, it gives us a one number one. It gives us an audience, and then a create like, and that creates an outlet for us to to do other creative stuff through Good Kid, right? And if it's not like so far off, uh, like off the chain or something, you know what I mean? Like if I'm not like being like, hey guys, I wrote like this crazy death metal song ripper that like we I really want us to put out as Good Kid. Like for the most part, anything goes. Like I always say to the to the guys like anything anyone is passionate about that they want to do like they should we should just do it and we can do it through good kit but like you know john and john and nick uh do a bunch of like ai or nick does a bunch of ai stuff and he's like big into that community 
Um, and John and Nick ended up like writing a paper and we submitted about like converting our songs into like music lyric videos using AI and they submitted it to like a, uh, AI bit one of the biggest AI conferences, uh, and it got accepted. And then we ended up going to Vancouver as a band because of that. And so like, I, I like to take the motto of like, if we just encourage our own interests and then we can like find some way of tying it to the band or like doing it through the band. And like, I think we'll have like a great time and like, who knows what weird, crazy opportunities will come from it as well. Um, but at least we get to have fun. So from the game, like my, honestly, my thought process was like, I want to build a video game. I had built like a shitty little game for myself, uh, before that. And I was like, I want to make a game and like, Oh, I think actually it was also inspired because Gabriel again, also did, uh, the witches lyric video, which is mm. all us all in eight bit. And that was like the theme of that video. And after I saw that, I think in my head, I was like, I need to make a game with these sprites. Like these are so fun and like so <laughs> cute. And like, I really like them. Um, and that was honestly, that was the inspiration. It wasn't like this idea of like branding or whatever. It was just like, I wanted to put out a game and spent like crazy amount of time working on it. Uh, and then, and then we did it. Well, I think it helps, like, you know, you, it helps in knowing your brand. It kind of helps in knowing what you guys are doing that it allows for those kinds of ideas to, to come about as well. And in yeah. thinking like, you know, again, it's not intentional, but it, you know, maybe subconsciously it's like, yeah, well, we want to make a game and, but we know we, this is the way that, you know, the band is visually represented and this works. And I feel like yeah. it's something that just kind of comes like second nature to, to when you have an idea of your visual identity as a band. Well, I think, it, I think it's like a chicken egg thing, right? Like, like I said, I like, I, I wanted to make a game because we had an eight bit, like video game inspired uh music video and then like we yeah. had uh slingshot which was also like a a whole like taking that to the next level right and like like i said gabriel was doing that like the whole time so like uh and that came through like collaboration we were trying to workshop ideas so like, it's kind of like our interests and the things that we put forward in terms of like the art that we want to create what like ends up translating to that so it is this kind of chicken egg thing like, because we did that and people respond to it and they like it and like our band keeps growing, it means that we can put out a video game and it doesn't feel like forced or something. Yeah, definitely. No, you you sound like the band dad then. Like that's just like, uh, that's like really fostering everybody's creativity. And no, I mean, I, everyone's got their own, like they all do, like John's been doing this, like everyone does their stuff that they do it. It's just yeah. like, I really believe, I just really believe in that like concept that we should really make sure everyone like feels like they can do whatever they want creatively through the band. Perfect, man. That That's yeah. awesome. You know, because I feel like that can hold some pigeonhole you, right? If you kind of feel like, oh, you know, no, like we just got, I got to stick to what the band is. And yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's awesome, man. Again, just part of that ethos of, of good kid that feels like it just uh, allows for such great energy and, and creation, man. Because I mean, yeah. like you guys have been, you know, the guys have been so successful in my opinion, you know, when, you know, when you look at numbers, but also when you, the fact you have fan art Friday, you know, mm. for your social media is, is amazing. You know, it gives your, your fans and your listeners an opportunity to interact with you guys. And you guys share that you guys really foster that creativity from your yeah. audience and, and that interaction as well. And you talked about witches, which is, which is, which is, which is, uh, <laughs> uh, you guys were able to get that into, into Fortnite. So, you know, it was yeah. also in a video game. That's amazing. How, how did you make that? That There had to be intention there. Was there intention on this one? <laughs> uh, also, yes and no. Like yeah, yeah. Say, it all kind of comes full circle. It's like, yeah, I think because we write songs about anime and like video games sometimes, and we put out a video game thing with a video game soundtrack that like John wrote and like, it's all like kind of in-house, We you know, I'll say it was intentional, but it came very organically. 
we noticed that like we got picked up pretty heavily in the Fortnite community. Um, but we noticed that we did because like, you know, we got our ear kind of to the ground. We're, we're kind of in that scene already. We watch games, we go to esporting events, all these things. And like, we're just engaging with like the things we are, we like to engage with. And that happens to be like esports and gaming and things like that. And Fortnite's a great game. So we, we engage with those fans uh, and those kids a lot. Um, and they give us nothing but love back. So like at some point, somebody commented on like something we tweeted being like, Hey, when are you guys going to be in Fortnite radio? You know? And so like at this point, like the intention came out, came out in that we made a tweet that said, we retweeted that. And we just said like, if anyone knows how to make this happen, let us know or something like that. We said something, something along those lines. And then all of our Fortnite fans, like all these kids who, <laughs> who, who started following us, they all like tweeted at like Epic games and like the CTO of Epic games and all these things. And, and then like the director of, of music, like came, like reached out to us and was like, Hey, if you guys want it, this is where you submit it. it was, that's what I'm saying. Like the intention came from, we intentionally made a tweet about it, but like, yeah. I didn't think it was going to work. Like, <laughs> I, don't yeah. think any, I don't think anybody thought it was going to work. I think we were just like, again, engaging with like our fans on, on social media. And it just ended up working out and like kudos to Epic games. They like literally listened to our soundtrack and they were like, you should submit these two songs. Like I think they sat down with the King of Witches and they're like, these are the two that we think would, would work best. And they ended up like, it was never a guarantee, but they ended up picking witches. So, so it's awesome. Man, that is great. What, how did that feel when you guys first, you know, heard that, you know, it's almost like actually on the radio. I know it's on Fortnite radio, but it's like... better than the radio. It's way better than the radio. Are you kidding me? Like we've been on the radio before, which was really awesome, but like, it's not nearly the same feeling as being in a video game. Like, especially as a group of programmers uh, who all grew up like idolizing games and like so much of our life is spending games and music sound game soundtracks and everything like that. Like uh, it's, it's honestly, that was maybe the height of like, maybe not the height, but one of the, one of the definitely like top five band moments for sure. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's gotta be. And, and again, like the way you get there, right. It's like, it's like creating that community and, and being able, you know, getting out and being, you know, being part of that community and giving kind of value to, you know, these, these, this, the, this other community and the gaming community and, you know, it's allowing your interests, like you're saying to, to help push, you know, the band as well. Yeah. I think it like, it kind of goes into a little bit of what you're saying, even with like fan art Friday, it's about like, Number one, we definitely don't take our, our community and, and fans for granted. Like we'd love, like Fan Art Friday is the biggest compliment of all. Like, you know, maybe another top five moment is getting our first fan art. Like yeah. that anyone ever drew. Like totally. That that is definitely a top art where that's just like a wow. Like I can't believe somebody likes our stuff enough to to make their own version of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then like you said, like fostering that community. Again, these aren't like intentional strategic decisions. They're just things we want to do through the band. And so we post fan art Fridays. We encourage people to do more. We engage with like our fans, no matter kind of what space they're in, in the gaming space, in the indie space. It's like, again, it's not really us trying to pigeonhole ourselves and be like, no, Good Kid is a cool indie band that only engages with other musicians and all these things. You know, it's like, uh, we just do what we want to do and we do it through the band and then it things have been working out so far in, in, in a lot of ways. So totally it's smart, man. And because, yeah. you know, you guys do, you know, signed vinyls, you guys sign vinyls yeah. for, you know, for your fans, whether they're uh, in good condition or damaged. You know, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate. That's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, again, it's those little things, you know, and, uh, and that kind of leads into a little bit of your Patreon page as well, because mm -hmm. some great pieces that you guys give out and, you know, including those signed Polaroids and, you know, limited edition holographic polaroids and things like yeah. that you know it's just it all just kind of comes together and i feel like that's just so easy for you guys to do because what I, some of the other things i had seen was the i believe they were 
some some merch posts on your social media which mm-hmm. look like you know in in my opinion of gaming cards is like kind of like pokemon cards almost mm. and like you could swipe through or you know but yeah. they still got that sort of eight bit creativity to it you know again that just feels so like you're saying organic you know yeah. you're intentional or not but everything no, just that, that stuff like, is obviously intentional like we we like right you don't stumble into that but organically to kind of create it it's like hey you guys like yeah. you know how great would it be if we did like uh you know you can buy a t-shirt and it comes with like one attack eight defense yeah. you know and yeah. like two magic like that's that's really cool yeah, that one I'll I'll gotta give some also kudos. We we work with like a friend of ours. She's a, like a former fan turn turn friend, and like now we we work with her very closely on our like social media. And she's also an artist. Her name is Gergena Piva, and she did like a good amount of the art. Like Gabe did a lot of the base assets for the video game, um, and she she also did a lot of the uh, the art is on the video game as well. And she okay. collaborates with us so much on like social media so like a lot of like the social media custom stuff you'll see it's like she 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 did it but uh amazing but it's also it's still like it's very collaborative it's very like organic uh in that like we come up with like oh we want to post about merch like what's a fun way we can do that okay let's let's do something like this you know like let's have fun so uh i think her interests also very much closely align with ours so like we get to have a lot of fun making this stuff that's awesome man surrounding yourselves with the people that can help push you you know, push yeah. you forward and push your creativity. That's amazing. And again, and again, it's like full circle. Like she was a fan who we met through shows and we weren't like, oh, like don't talk to us. You know, yeah. like she became one of our best friends and now we work with her like every day. So cool. Were you guys playing a, a ton or had a, had a lot kind of in the bag before uh, the pandemic uh, hit that you had to, had to cancel or reschedule? Yeah, we literally had a UK tour booked. Oof. that we had to cancel which was a huge bummer for us i think yeah. it was even going to be a little bit of, like uk and europe uh and that would have been the first time we went there to play so like that would have been amazing and yeah we had to cancel and obviously like it hasn't been able to be back on since and like uh now we're just trying to figure out like how do we do shows again and like how do we play maybe do something in the states yeah, yeah. i don't know uh I don't know if we were necessarily making much money from live shows, to be right. honest. Yeah. Uh, but we were, but definitely, it definitely helped for sure. Yeah. 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 And the last yeah. thing you guys did that I just want to touch on before we kind of close things out here mm-hmm. is you, you've made your music. What is it? You guys have made your music f- free to use, right? Or you've done oh, this yeah, kind yeah. Of, of licensing where people can use your music for free in in their youtube videos or i don't know can i use it in this podcast because like i know that spotify would like <laughs> would take take it down so i don't use mm-hmm. music because uh they you know they kind of hone in on some of those uh shows that use use music when they're not supposed to and there's just there's a whole bunch of things around that either way you guys have made your music free to use is that is that is that it like free attribution or something like that how you how could how would you describe that um, so I have no idea what Spotify about Spotify and how that works. It, that one might get flagged. Yeah. We got it. So what we specifically did is we got our music cleared. It's called DMCA. I don't know what it stands for. Uh, we cleared it for DMCA, which means that like, and this is more specific of, this is more like specific to Twitch. As, as I was telling you, like we kind of blew up a little bit in some of like the gaming community, Valorant, Fortnite. Like we had a lot of like big streamers, um, and like fans who were using our, our music on, on Twitch, um, and then all of a sudden, like there was a huge kind of like copyright strike type thing going on, uh, with like record labels and Twitch. And they were just like, I think, I think record labels were upset that like, you know, if a streamer who's got like a hundred thousand people watching them uses a song that counts as one string because they're like playing it off of Spotify or whatever. And they want that to count for like a hundred thousand or something. Yeah. Um, right. 
I think it's sort of the same idea with with being able using using music in like if I use it in a podcast, right? Like if yeah. I use it here and I had I happen to have like a million people listening and it's only one, you know. So sorry to cut you off, but no, I think no, that's no, sort of a, no, that idea. Exactly. Yeah. So I think they have a hard time doing that like attribution. Yeah. Um, and like paying the royalties of that of what that would cost. Like uh and and so because of that, um, yeah, they put it essentially like they, they took these strikes out on like all these streamers, and these streamers are honestly like they're like content creators. They don't, they don't know the minutia of like copyright and all this stuff. And they don't, they shouldn't have to, yeah. uh, first of all. And like, also when we talk about like the esports community, like half these kids are like 15, 16, 17, they don't give a shit. They just like, they just want to play music that they like. I, I kind of like make it, a, I kind of like drop a lot of parallels to like old skateboard videos I used to watch when <laughs> I was a kid. Um, and like, it was just like people would make skateboard videos, toss music on it, throw it on YouTube. And it totally. was kind of a way for kids to like share their interests and like, we see a similar thing with YouTube and Fortnite uh, gaming montages or Valorant montages. It's like these kids, uh, these kids will make montages of themselves playing these games and they'll upload it to YouTube and they'll just pick their favorite music. Yep. And so you'll find like, what's crazy about it and what I, what I love about it as well is like you'll have kids with like hundreds of thousands of subscribers and they just use copyright music because they don't care that they can't monetize it. Like they just want to put it up and those videos will get like hundreds of thousands of views overnight virtually. Yeah. Uh, and those those kids aren't making any money off these videos, even though they totally could. Right. Um, so we do two things. Number one, one thing we notice on Twitch is like these kids used to use their music and then they stopped because they were scared of getting like copyrighted strict and like getting their channel taken down. Right. Cause that's like how they make money and, and grow their audience and all this stuff. So the first thing we did is we said, okay, we need to make our music clear. We need to at least a hundred percent know that our music is cleared for streaming um, on Twitch. Like, so no one is going to get copyright striked. Um, and so we did that and, and that was really awesome. And it kind of even grown our band a lot because people share that with each other. They're like, yeah. like which streamers will be like, Hey, like check out this indie rock band, good kid from Toronto. They, they cleared their music. It's DMCA free. You can play it on your stream. And they all, yeah. like I said, they all want to use music. A lot of the copyright free stuff that you actually are allowed to use, like they're all like generated beats that kind of suck. So like some of it is great, but a lot of it is like not what you want to use. So if people vibe with it and they use it, like we've been played by some of the biggest streamers in the world. Like it's, it's pretty it's awesome. So cool. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And then the second thing we did is like YouTube is a little bit trickier. You can't just like clear your music for copyright. Um, if you want to have it copyrighted at all. And you know, we still wanted to make it sure that it's like technically copyrighted, but we just put an open call where like if anyone ever wants to use our music on on YouTube, just let us know and we'll clear it. Like we have a way to clear that video for you. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing, man. So yeah. cool. It's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. I picked that. I just I just checked that out and I'll put uh, it in the, I'll put it in the show notes so that people can go check it out and um, you know, take a look into if they want to do the same thing as you guys do. They can they can do all the the research of how to clear that. But yeah, uh, it's really hard. I'll say that. It took a yeah. long time to like I think we had actually all, always been cleared. We didn't know, but like just to find out if you're yeah. cleared or like who's t- giving copyright strikes, it's really confusing because mm-hmm. it, it's more on like the distribution side of music. And like, if you want to get your music on Spotify, you have to pay a distributor to yep. like, to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and it's that side of things that like, they, they're the ones who are assigning copyright strikes and things to people. Yeah. And with YouTube, that's also an option when mm-hmm. distributing, you can make it available to use on YouTube and then you get paid every time it's played. So there is yeah. also that, that part of it, but if you don't sort of click on that, which I think is at least, you know, with DistroKid, an additional cost on YouTube yeah. to have your music basically in their library. So that way when it's played, it triggers that with YouTube and you get your, your royalties, but yeah. it sounds like there's, there can be more to it as well, depending on where, again, streaming through Twitch, potentially with 
you know, looking for music to use on podcasts. So yeah, again, reason why I don't use, if you're ever wondering why I don't use the music from bands that, that I speak with is because I don't want the episode to be taken down. If, that makes sense. If I happen to get on the radio and this turns into a radio show, great. That's all yeah. cleared. But yeah, the radio pays good money for that. Actually. Yeah, right. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I don't. So, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully we'll get to that point. But yeah. um, we, we talked a bit about you guys being in the studio over at Taurus Recording again, working mm-hmm. with your producer manager, Chris Day on new music. What's, what's, the, uh, what's happening there? When can we expect some new good kid on the way? hopefully soon it's hard to tell like we've been work- we've been working on these for a while we've got like a few new songs uh in the pipeline but none of them are done uh we're actually waiting on i think this week coming up we're gonna get a mi- first mix of one song and then we still have a couple of like tracks we have to go back into redo for a couple of other songs so it's hard to know i gotta yeah. say like it okay like, especially with our band like mixing can take a while because we are very like i said we're very picky and then after mixing is done, we have to get it mastered. And then yep. it's another round of pickiness. Yeah. And then after that, like you need, like usually you want to send things like six to eight weeks ahead of time to like distribution and stuff like that. Um, so that they have time for like playlisting and all these other things. Um, ideally as soon as possible. <laughs> what that means could be like two months from now. It could be three months from now. We like, we don't know hundred percent sure. Like at the second they're done on our end, we will throw them into the distribution pipeline and six weeks after, like you will get a song. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, in the meantime, you know, you've got two great EPs and an 8-bit soundtrack to go check yeah. out from the guys and, uh, you know, look forward to the the new music. And if you want a little sneak peek, at least at the drumming on the album, go check out their live stream on YouTube that they had <laughs> and you'll get a whole lot of uh, behind the scenes of of Good Kids and, and John on the drum kit and, you uh, you know, a few cool acoustic live performances from you guys. And it uh, was really cool to kind of take that journey with you guys just for that, for that hour live stream. So, oh, so happy you liked it. Yeah. 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 It's awesome, man. A great, again, just kind of real uh, insight into you guys as a band and uh, you know, just knowing that some new music is on the way is pretty exciting. So Jacob, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me on the release day series podcast. Yeah, no problem. Again, thanks for having me. Just brilliant, Jacob. Again, thank you for your time and talking about all the amazing things the band has been up to and been a part of. Make sure you go and check out Good Kid, the band, the music, the artwork, their merch. It's just fantastic. You'll, you'll see exactly what we were talking about. And if you do want to find out more about DMCA and if it could potentially be restricting your fans from using your music online in a way that Good Kid does, I have got links to discovering all about that in the show notes. Okay, that's it. If you've enjoyed what you heard, it would be great if you could share the podcast, leave us a lovely five-star rating, along with a positive comment where you can. It helps spread the word not only about us, but these fantastic musicians and bands. That would mean a lot to us and to them as well, I know. And remember, if you have music you want to share, please feel free to send us your EPK to contactreleasedate at gmail.com, and you can find a direct link to that on our website, releasedayseries.com, as well as all our other episodes and video episodes. And you can also find a link to our Spotify playlist that is updated with new music with the release of every episode. Now on the next release day, it's going to be a surprise. Got a couple in the can just deciding which one to put out, and it's going to be good no matter what. So while you wait for that episode to come out, make sure to check out the No Sleep Till Sudbury podcast from fellow Canadian podcaster Brent Jensen. It's a fantastic show where he has celebrities and everyday people join him to talk about the music that makes their skin vibrate. 
You can discover new episodes Mondays. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Alex Heward, and this has been the Release Day Series Podcast. Podcast.